The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And how you doing, Corey? I'm it's the it's the weekend. Yes, it, it in fact it is. Um as we usually we record these on Friday nights and um I I've been busy this week because I've not only recorded um our interview episode, um did we record that last Saturday? It was this past Saturday, right? That we yes. recorded. Okay, this has been a long week, so my brain is kind of yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's the weekend. I don't have to think too much. Exactly. Uh, well, I um, I've seen a lot of movies this week. Um, actually, more than normal because I watched three movies on Sunday. Um, holy shiitake! Kind of, kind of didn't mean to. It just kind of happened. Uh, and I'll get <clears> into that momentarily. But I also recorded another interview episode. Um, that listeners, you won't hear for another couple of weeks, but um, a lo- an old friend of mine, a uh, uh, musician friend that I played guitar with, um, in fact, Corey saw us play to get, um, together back when we were in Contrast. Oh, a couple of times. Yeah, and um, he uh, he does a podcast called Music Musing that I can't recommend enough. Um, it's There's only two episodes out right now on iTunes, but you can go to his blog and listen to um, other episodes. Uh, he's got, they're up to 10, but they just like started getting hosting. And so he's slowly putting them out like to the podcast community. Um, but I've listened to both of the, the first two episodes and the second episode is it's him and his brother. And, um, they're talking about cover songs, like their favorite cover songs. And I ended up like deep diving on cover songs on Thursday morning. Like I was like, just like Googling and searching and trying to remember things and digging up things and making a playlist on Google play. And just like got really like inspired by some of the stuff I found. Like one, the craziest cover that I found. I, I wish I remembered the song. It's an Elton John song, and it has the word Saturday in it. I can't remember the name of the song other than that. Uh, Saturday night's all right. I think that's it. I think that is exactly it. Do you know who covered that song, Corey? I love Elton. Um, mm, no, but I do have an old Elton cover. Um, album of covers he did that I would also recommend. Um, but no, who? I love cover songs. I don't know. Um, a lot of people think that they are just wrong and you can't be, you know, they can't, songs shouldn't be remade by people and they're just uh, not ever good. And I totally, totally disagree with that. I, I completely agree with you on that and with Craig I and love. his brother George. Um, but it, the song that I found, I, and I haven't listened to it all the way through, so I don't know how good or bad it gets, but it's Nickelback. What? Oh, it's not over. With Kid Rock. Oh, right, for fighting, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and. Oh, Jesus. Special guitar player. Hold on. Special Hold guitar on. player. I need, to, I need to think about this. <laughs> Give me a second. I need to figure out wait, who this was. Wait, though. The special <laughs> oh, guitar player. I wanted to guess. I'm... <laughs> It's Dimebag Daryl. Dimebag Daryl? <laughs> what? So I, I don't want to tell you what's running through my mind right now. Yeah. I, I couldn't – I didn't listen to very much of it because it totally sounds like Nickelback. Um, but I was just like, how does this exist? Like this is such a how, weird mix. 
And, like, I can't imagine that song being made by Nickelback. I I don't know, because it's, like, such an upbeat, like, I don't know. Well, I found this really cool website, and I'm going to tell you about it, Corey, because I think you would get a kick. And listen, I know we are a movie podcast, but, you know, we have other connected-ish uh, interests, and music is one of them. And Burke Reviews does bring all types of reviews to the site. We, Corey does music reviews frequently. Um and it's the website though is called whosampled.com and it's all spelled correctly whosampled.com and this website is phenomenal for finding cover songs and or um if you're like into a rap song and you really like like a beat and you want to see what where, where that rhythm came from which is often rap music samples music from other genres um it will tell you it even has a game on the website uh, 6 degrees where you can put two artists together and it'll show you their connections through various <laughs> songs and um, but the best part is like if there's a let's say you you love the Beatles, you can look at the Beatles and you can see what songs they covered, but you can also see who's covered their songs, which is an insane amount of people. Oh, I don't even, yeah. But it's a really cool way to find all sorts of different things. Like, um, I I was uh Craig and George on their podcast episode were talking about um the uh, Disturbed Sound of Silence cover, mm-hmm. and. I, I was like, you know, it's weird because Disturbed also covered Shout in on their first album. And then I, I was like, oh, yeah, and they also covered a Phil Collins song on their second album. And then I went on this website, and they've covered a song on every one of their albums, basically, which is unusual but kind of cool at the same time. Um, and, yeah, so I, this website, no, they're not a sponsor, although uh, who sampled if you're making a lot of money and you want to sponsor BerkReviews.com, um, be glad to. But I, I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. And if you're into cover music, it's something to check out. I want. I'm going to plug another website. And our friend Brendan, who gets talked about a lot, a few years ago, he told me about AV Club. Mm. Does like an annual. I think it's annual. Maybe it's yeah. I think it's annual. Or maybe it's like I don't know. So many months. But they compile this long list of songs, and they bring in bands, and they get to cover. Whatever uh, yes. song they want that's left on the list. So you get some pretty interesting – I really like this band, The Clientele, a lot. And they covered M.I.A., Paper Planes, and I love that song. It just ah, it just gets insane, especially when it gets down to the you know bare bones. There's not a lot to pick from. But I would suggest that if you like song covers too. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually have – you've recommended that to me but long before <laughs> – um, oh, but uh, and not in a negative way. I mean, you're telling the listeners now. I'm just saying, like, it's one I've been aware of because of you, um, for quite some time. But, um, the uh, but I was mentioning to you, like, it was really cool getting to talk to Craig because, um, you know, I've been friends with him since for 13, 14 years, but I haven't spoke to him, um, over the phone or anything since like 2010. Holy heck! Well, he he moved away from Florida uh, before that, but that was the I realized when I was talking to him the other night. The last time I had spoken to him, other than like messaging, like text messaging or Facebook messaging or whatever, um, was when I was recording with my last band. Uh, we were in the studio, and I called him because I was like, "Hey, I'm really liking what we're doing, and I wanted to share that with somebody." And Craig is a big music person, and um, and like. I, don't, I mean, I'd been in bands before I was in Contrast, but Contrast was definitely the first, like, real band where we did stuff and we made albums, we played shows, and um, I learned a lot from Craig. So, it was, it was a one, I always knew he liked movies, but I didn't know how much until getting to talk to him on Top 5 Movies, but um, I, had a, I had a really great conversation with him, and I think, uh, much like Brendan and um, 
uh, Matt from uh, what I watched tonight in England. Um, I think Craig will end up being a regular uh, part of Burke Reviews to some degree. Um, you know, he's got a lot of insight. He's really into art in general. Like, uh, music is an art, movies, uh, actual, like, paintings, photography. He's just definitely a, a appreciative of art as, as a collective. And so I think he'll be a great benefit um, to BurkeReviews.com. And that episode will be coming out soon. So keep your eyes on the uh, subscribe channel for that one uh, and definitely give it a listen when it's out. That's rad. Um, and unfortunately, Corey and Mike were not able to be on that episode, so it's just me and Craig, but we had still a really good movie conversation. Um, his top five was eye-opening, I would say, and it wasn't what I was expecting. So that was. Uh, don't you love that, though? Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a, it I was love a really, when I'm surprised. Really cool conversation, um, again, with an old friend, which is something I realized I want to do. Um, like, I want to have directors and actors and filmmakers and other podcasters on but I also want to bring people who I've maybe accidentally or maybe intentionally have neglected um, uh, the friendship for a while. You know, where like I haven't reached out to them. I get busy, as Corey mentioned, um, quite frequently. I, I am preoccupied with my own thing, and my you know sometimes it's family or work, but sometimes it's just my my uh, passions um, will pull me out. And I don't mean to to not speak to someone for eight years, but it, it just happens and. Um, I think the podcast is a kind of cool way to reconnect, you know, um, a good good reason to reach out. So with that, uh, we'll talk more about movies. So, Corey, what have you watched lately? First of all, I want to tell everyone about an adulting one that I uh, did this week. I am such and such years old, and I've been trying to cook more and, like, more varied. And this is totally not podcast related, but I just wanted to share it with the world. I cooked real rice perfectly for the first time in my life. I am not telling you how old I am or how many times I've tried to cook rice and it's either crunchy or soggy or mushy. And I cooked real jasmine rice, guys. It wasn't boil in bag, which is usually my, you know, good old Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, Safety net. Safety net. Yeah. but anyway, there's that. Um, so this week I've actually watched three movies. Oh. Woo! I have done, I've read like five books, five pages out of my 60 pages that are due this week. So there's that. Um, I watched Mother. Oh. I never, I don't, I don't have those glasses. <laughs> so <laughs> the religious glasses. Ah. I don't have those. So I missed everything. <laughs> idiot and then my friend is like oh so you didn't get the bible references <laughs> and i'm like no she was raised catholic anyway um we went to see the post on wednesday night mm-hmm. which you like and then i loved it oh my god loved it how could you not though and then i i mean then last night i watched our movie so i had two days in a row of you know, Tom Hanks. And I think that we were in the worst crowd ever when we went to see the post because we're like dying or like reacting to this movie. And there are like 15, you know, like 12 or 15 other people in there. No one else says a thing. No one else uh, does anything. No one yeah. laughs, anything. And I'm like, huh. you know, are we surrounded by corpses? But yeah. <laughs> Well, I've watched three this week. That's impressive. Tell me about the twenty-seven movies you've watched. Well, I okay. First, I did my streak has ended. Uh, I I made it. Um, oh no! I think thirty-five days. Um, no wait, hold Still on. Still very impressive. Thirty 
36 days before I missed a movie. Um, well, 36 days this year plus two from last year because I started on December 30th. So 38 days in a row without missing a movie. Um, but exhaustion, I think you jinxed me um, because Tuesday I had a horrible uh, day and I felt awful all day because you had mentioned how do you sleep when we recorded with Matt on Saturday. I say that all the time, though. I, I say that we record about two times a week, about, and I say that every time that we talk. So yeah. I don't think you can blame this okay. on me. Well, I, I, I finally, <laughs> I needed to crash. I went to bed at eight o'clock on Tuesday night. Holy heck! Um, and I, but I woke up at three on Wednesday morning, which I found I kind of liked that because I got up and I made breakfast. Um, and three thirty, I got up at three thirty, but I got up and I made breakfast. Um, and I, you know, I, I had time to like actually do the dishes after I made breakfast and I sat and I did some work and then I, I, you know, walked the dogs like I normally do, which is about, you know, just at six o'clock. And then I went to work at six 30 and I was like, this is kind of nice. Yeah. I kind of like it. I don't know if I could make this like my routine. Um, Bill loves that. and I, I haven't done that though. I'm still, I'm back to, I immediately am back to my normal sleep pattern, but, um, I'm not so, sleeping. So I did miss a movie on Tuesday, and I don't know if I'm going to watch one tonight or not. I might, because uh, I, w- I was out with Kathy all night until um, right before the podcast. And But since the podcast from last week, I've watched Saved, which you know because we recorded on Saturday. But uh, I love that movie, and I just watched it recently too, like mm. a few weeks, a few months ago, I think. Well, Jenna Malone is such a great actress. <laughs> And oh, I, good. I didn't realize Patrick Fugit from um, uh, yes. Almost Famous was in it. Um, and I was like, oh, that's great to see him doing something because he doesn't act much. Um, but uh, I really liked I like Saved a whole lot, um, which will be my first article on uh, what I watched tonight, um, .co.uk. Um, that'll be up in probably tomorrow or so. Um, I watched Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, because I'm planning on seeing The Death Cure at some point just because I, I have to. Um then on Sunday, Sunday was the real busy uh, movie watching day because Kathy ran in Home Again, the Reese Witherspoon rom com from last year from Redbox. Oh, yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's not excellent. It's not amazing, but it's definitely watchable. Uh, there's some funny moments. Um, there is a movie element to it, which I didn't know from the trailer. But the three guys are filmmakers, um, and her father, who is no longer with them in the movie, was also a filmmaker. So like, there's this whole like love of movie element to it. Um, which just kind of won me over. Um, but then, so we start watching the Super Bowl on Sunday night. And 10 minutes in, my wife looks at me and goes, do you want to watch a movie? And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> like, of course I want to watch a movie. And um, I had just bought The Florida Project on Saturday night. And she hasn't seen it. So I like, do you want to watch The Florida Project? And she said yes. Um, I got to say, I've already seen it. I love this movie. I was a big fan of it. I, I teared up when I saw it in theaters. I broke down. This time, like I was ugly crying, as Corey would say. Oh, um, no, eyeliner everywhere. I'm kidding. So the ending, which I won't say what happens, but it 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 gets me on a uh, I think as a parent, but also as an educator, um, it, it really hits a lot of these things that like the emotional strings for me. And I like was trying to say something. The ending is controversial. I don't know if you've heard anything about the ending, but some people love the movie except the ending. And then some oh. people like myself find the ending to be very en- enigmatic, which is not how you're supposed to say that word, but it's not coming out right, so I'm just going to go with it. Um, and I, I really I appreciate what the ending represents. And Kathy didn't like the ending at first, and so I went to start explaining, and then I couldn't. Like I was like 
just mid-tier, like, you know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And she was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Just give me a second. <laughs> I had to, like, wrap it up. But So while I'm watching Florida Project and missing all the Super Bowl commercials, although I ended up watching all the trailers afterwards, um, mm-hmm. I get a text from Big Tuna. And he goes, Netflix has the new Cloverfield movie. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And he's like, uh, tonight. I'm like, the trailer? And he said, no, the movie comes out tonight after the Super Bowl. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm in. Like, I'm going to have to stay up and watch the freaking Cloverfield Project, which I guess could be where my sleep thing started. But so <laughs> I stayed up until a little after midnight on Sunday night watching the Cloverfield Paradox. Sorry, not the Cloverfield Project. That's not a movie. But um, the Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, but it could be. It could be the number four. It's <laughs> in the works actually right now. So um, unlike. Isn't that. Go. supposed to be out at the end of this year though it is correct okay but unlike most of the critical community i enjoyed the cloverfield paradox um so did big tuna actually but um it's not a perfect movie by any means but i had a blast watching it and i don't know if it was sleep deprivation at that point um <laughs> if i was just super excited that there was a new cloverfield movie because i love i love 10 cloverfield lane which this movie by no means even comes close to being as good as 10 cloverfield lane but it is a fun science fiction movie, um, and I've heard a few uh, critics who did – there's not many who like it. It's got a very low Rotten Tomato score, um, but I heard a few who like it uh, say it's a it's like a B sci-fi movie, and that's kind of what I expected from it. I wasn't looking to be, like, you know, well, amazed. I, uh, I don't want to uh, – I feel like this is going to come off, like, no matter how I try, it's going to sound jerky. Like I'm a jerk, but I mean, it didn't go to theaters. It went straight to Netflix, and yeah. it was a surprise. And I feel like I watched a little bit of it, and then I f- went to bed. Um, but I felt like the production, like it, it doesn't. I don't know. Like maybe, like story wise, it might be be like ish. Yeah. But I didn't feel like the production no. val- value no. yeah, is went like it's it's a well made. It went big. But I'll tell you, Chris O'Dowd, who I am a huge fan of, and I especially love him from the IT crowd, um, he cracks me up several times in this movie. And is I think maybe I was just having fun with everything. Like, if you start analyzing it, it definitely doesn't hold up. Like, logically, things don't make sense why they're happening. And you could even – there's arguments that could be made as to why they don't have to make sense. But I didn't care. I was just having fun watching the movie, which I don't usually, like, use that as a, a reason to like a movie. Like, I, a lot of people say that with, like, Fast and Furious franchise or Transformers, that they just have fun. They don't care about the story or whatever. And those movies don't work for me. But this one did for me. And that's, you know, if this is my take on, like, a Fast and Furious film, I'm okay with that. Like, I'd rather watch The Cloverfield Paradox than Fast and Furious. So that was my Sunday night. Monday night, um, Lady Bird was back at our local theater, and um, my editor okay. e- editor Berk- from Burke Reviews, David Ortega, has not seen it. And he was going to meet me and my daughter up there to see Lady Bird, and he had a rough day. So wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. But my daughter and I went and saw Lady Bird for a second time, for her, my third time. I loved it more, which I didn't know was possible because it was my second favorite movie from last year anyways. Um, and she loved it more, which made me really happy because it's great. Um, I I love that movie so much, and I can't wait to own it. Wednesday, I watched Sleepless in Seattle. And then last night, Corey, last night. Last night was hard for me. Um, folks, I was challenged by Big Tuna to see. Oh, yeah. 
sorry that was so loud i was like this sounds like it was horrible and i totally forgot i even liked your instagram photo i was challenged to go see 50 shades freed did you watch the other two first? No, because you didn't no. name it. Oh, I did not. I did not. However, I did watch uh, on YouTube. Screen Junkies had a, uh, I can't. It's called like ketchup, like they do, where they compress the summary of the movies. And so I had a gist of what happened in the first two movies through them. Um, it, but even without knowing how good or bad the first two movies are, this movie is so bad on so many different levels. At the very, the very simplest, just as filmmaking. It is so full of expositional dialogue where, like, it just tells you things. As And, like, why couldn't you have taken five seconds to show us any of that? That would have been so much more interesting to show that happening. Um, there's cheesy drama every chance you get. There's no chemistry. And that's – if this movie, like, was so focused on the S&M, like, sex scenes that they didn't care about the plot, then okay, fine. You know, there are movies like that where it's not really about the plot. It's about the, the action sequences or it's about the fight scenes or it's about <laughs> something. So you expect then for the sex scenes to either be really steamy, like Handmaiden. Remember like how intense the Handmaiden sex scene was where it was like uncomfortably because it, it almost felt like you were actually watching two people who were in love being intimate and you were like intruding on their world. And uh, then awkwardly talking about it with my two good friends. Yes. I remember. It, if it were like that. Then, like, oh, well, that's what this movie's for. It's not for plot. But no, the sex scenes are boring. They The, the S&M element of the story, which is all I heard about when the books were, like, the rage. Because, like, Walmart banned them from their stores because they were so, like, dirty and raunchy. Oh. That does not translate into at least the third film. But what I've heard from other people is it doesn't translate in the first two films either. So it's not even that. You have two actors who don't seem to like each other. And I know there were all sorts of stories and stuff about the set, but it comes off on screen. Like, they don't seem like they're interested in being next to each other. Um, they they cut to sex scenes frequently, but most of them are super short, uh, un- like, completely lacking any kind of passion or interest. And, and, and they're really tame. Like, Game of Thrones Season 1 has much more uncomfortable, like, sex scenes than anything that's in this movie. And... So I'm looking at it like, what is the appeal here? Because, and so the, the, there's one third thing. If the plot's bad and the sex scenes aren't the draw, then it must be a, a great romance, right? Like these two characters, you want you want them to be together. And no, I want her to, to like call nine one one and get help because this guy is a manipulating a hole. Like there is nothing redeeming about the male protagonist in this movie. Like you, if you want him to be with her. You are being you are operating under the delusion that a woman can change a man, meaning like you can take a man who's broken and fix him. And that is not a message I think we need to be conveying to people like, oh, no, it's okay that he treats you like hell. You can make it better, especially if he's a billionaire, because, you know, he's a billionaire. Well, he'll have all that money for therapy. Yeah, it's there's nothing redeemable about that film at all. Um, It was torture. So. I found that slightly ironic because there was more torture happening to me <laughs> than in the movie. Um, but, yeah, I've seen it. I, and I've achieved. Um, that was a goal of mine was to not avoid films I thought I wouldn't enjoy, uh, wouldn't enjoy so that I could review them for the audience. And while I am by no means the demographic for Fifty Shades, um, from what I'm seeing, it's I think it's at a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. 
So I like that guy. Uh, but yeah. What? So and it's a one point nine on um Letterbox. What actually. does Hudson Hawk have? Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. On anything, whatever the fifteen percent is. Um, so I, is I that IMDb? No, uh, I know Hudson Hawk is Metascore um, 17. Um, and, um, uh, Fifty Shades Freed is 11% now on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I just – so I here's what I don't understand about those movies. I'm not going to talk about the people that I've heard that have enjoyed them, but I don't feel like I really hear a lot of people talking about how great they are anyways. So I don't know how they're reeling in all this money to keep justifying making them. Well, you know t- what I mean? I'll tell you that my theater was very, very crowded with almost all female audience. Um, oh, Jesus. I was the only male I saw who was alone. There were a few ma- uh, men who were with women. Uh, I, in fact, walked in behind an old couple who uh, they were – unsure which door to go in because there's two doors at the theater because it was the biggest theater um and uh the the husband i hear him say i don't care this is your movie <laughs> like i'm just here because i have to be <laughs> like that was essentially the message that was being said and i was like um and i did get a dirty look from a woman in the audience like i sat down and i saw her kind of look back and give me like this like what is he doing here and Either she knew I was a critic, and that's why it was a dirty look. Like, cause no, I don't think this movie has ever been liked by a critic. Um, and, um, or she was just like, "Why is there a single man here? He's just here to, because it's a sex movie," which it's not. It really isn't. Like, it's it's no, no. Nope. And seriously, I don't even want to say what I'm thinking because, yeah. <laughs> well, World Wide Web guys. Why yeah, would you? Most most of the women in the audience. <laughs> Um, were in large, large groups of people. Like they were like five to six people per group, from what I saw walking in, and it was it was pretty packed. Like it's not it wasn't like Star Wars packed, but it was packed for a Thursday night at our for local. For it to be theater. a horrible movie. Now, um, Hudson Hawk has a twenty six on Rotten Tomato, and uh, Fifty Shades Freed is eleven. So there you go, folks. Okay. Um. But yeah, that's what we've been watching lately. Hey everyone, it's John Burke. You know how much I love movies. And if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you love movies too. And what we do here at Burke Reviews costs a little bit of money. It doesn't cost a fortune or anything, but none of us are rich. And that's where you come in. You can support BurkeReviews.com by either subscribing to our Patreon, where you can give a set amount to us monthly, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, and ten dollars. And we're not asking you to just give us your money you get perks for uh, signing up on our patreon you can go over to patreon.com slash burke reviews and see exactly what those perks are or you can go to burke and click on the patreon link and it'll take you right there um but if you're not willing to commit to a monthly donation which we totally understand there's an option to just donate one time uh, if you go to burke on the right side of the page you're going to see a donate button and through paypal you can donate us any amount of money you wish um for doing that we will read your name on our uh, the next episode of the podcast, whether it's Burke Reviews Movie Club or Top 5 Movies after the donation is made um, with uh, our truthful, heartfelt thanks. Um, not to mention that one of the, the perks of being a subscriber is you get um, your name on our website as a uh, supporter of BurkeReviews.com. Um, it's hard to believe it's already been two, in, two years and we're into year three already. Um, you know, we love what we do and we hope you love it too. So, 
Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for the support. And back to this podcast. Um, but the big movie, the reason why we're actually here, uh, this is February, and we are recording our, uh, well, each episode, we're reviewing a rom-com that one of us have not seen. In fact, the first two, neither of us had seen, at least not um, since you were an adult. Correct, Corey? Um, yeah. So, I, oh, go, I think my... I think my grandmother is a fan of Nora Ephron, so uh, I remembered like small little pieces. Mm. But yeah. yeah, somehow I had uh, very like very little knowledge on this movie, and I didn't realize how little knowledge I'd had of it because this is like a, a classic, you know, rom com. I've been hearing about this movie since it came out. I know my mom was a fan of it. How I Met Your Mother has a whole episode like basically dedicated to Sleepless in Seattle. What? Yeah, like it's I don't remember why, but uh, Marshall references it several times throughout the episode. Like I've heard tons about this movie, yet knew nothing about the plot. Like I, I knew very, I knew that they met somehow, but I didn't know I didn't know how little of their meeting was in the movie, which that's kind of a spoiler. But we'll get there. Which, by the way, the movie's were... twenty five years old. True. Oh God, wow, that really made me feel old for a second. But. You were I'm sorry. Uh, with me for the Craig recording, so I had to do the spoiler warning without you. So I, I'm like, ooh. Oh, no. We're going to have to uh, figure something out there um, <clears throat> where, like, we record it and we just drop it in every episode. So that way, if you're not there, it's Corey's spoiler warning. But, um, but yeah, folks, if you didn't hear that, this week's episode, we're going to be doing an extensive review on Sleepless in Seattle, which I usually say at the top of the podcast, but got so distracted uh, I never brought it up, so if we didn't, I apologize. But we will be getting into our reviews of Sleepless in Seattle. We always start with a kind of basic review, and then we will work our way into our uh, spoiler full review of the film. Um, and why don't uh, we go over the stats real quick? Sleepless in Seattle is from 1993, as Corey said, 25 years old, rated PG, which I did not realize, but totally makes sense. Um, it's a pretty accessible <laughs> film. Um it's got a 72, a Metascore, 6.8, IMDb, user score, stars Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Ross Malinger, I guess, Rita Wilson, Victor <clears throat> Garber. Um, that's kind of it. It's a it's a fairly small cast. He's got a couple of friends. I can't leave off Bill, Bill Pullman, although he does kind of come and go. Rosie O'Donnell is very lowly billed on this, considering when she's got a major role. Like, I still haven't oh, seen and her. Hold on. So, I know I've talked about this before, but my favorite show in the history of the world is Six Feet Under. And Frances Conroy plays Irene Reed in this. So she's, I think she's one of uh, Meg Ryan's like sisters or yeah. something. Yeah, she's a redhead. I liked seeing her. And we have David Hyde Pierce, uh, who is a regular on oh, yeah. Frasier, um, who's her brother. And he's got, like, the the family scene, but then he's got one other scene where they're, like, she's talking to him. Um, and Tom Hanks has a few friends that pop in and out, um, but predominantly... <gasps> Your main focus is Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, and the kid Ross Malinger. Um, was who was the radio voice? I don't remember the name of the radio voice. It was Doctor Something, right? Yeah. I'm not. Oh, sure. Marcia Fieldstone. There it is. Yep. Caroline, Caroline Aaron. Yep. Uh, directed as Corey already mentioned, Nora Ephron, um, written by Jeff Arch and Nora Ephron, um, and others, according to IMDb. It's a recently widowed man's son calls a radio talk show in an attempt to find his father a partner. Um, I also didn't realize how long the uh, the span of time was. You know what I mean? Like, from the beginning of the movie to the uh, end of the film. Like, I think we're with Tom Hanks for, like, three years or so. Um, oh, I thought... It's at least a I... year and a half. Like, Yeah, that's when we see him again. 
Yeah, yeah, just from that, and then I don't know. I, I, I guess it's I guess it's like two months from the real plot kicking in because the kid calls on like Christmas Eve the radio station. Mm-hmm. And oh then, yeah, and then it's Valentine's. It's Valentine's Day, yeah, which we won't get into because spoilers. Um, but let's start with overall thoughts, Corey. What was your uh, kind of take on Sleepless in Seattle? Um, I liked it more than I was expecting. Still. Not my favorite movie, but I love Tom Hanks. And I really liked seeing Meg Ryan in this. I feel like, I mean, obviously obviously she was in a lot of movies in the 90s. My mom really liked her, but I feel like I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, it's been, I don't know what the last movie she made was. Um, yeah. But um, I liked it, but it made me cry and I hated you and I wanted to text that to you, but we don't. Folks. There's only been one situation as long as we've been doing this that I have texted John at all about the movie, and it was still pretty ambiguous. Like, you know, did I use that word right? Probably yes. not. I think okay, I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it means like I can't even remember. Oh, I sent you a, te- a picture of me ugly crying, eyeliner oh. everywhere. Um, <laughs> but we usually don't talk about them. But I teared up a lot in this movie, and Jonah is the real MVP. Your turn. <laughs> all right. Um, I I don't think I teared up at all in this movie. Oh, I hate you. Um, we we differ on this because I'm like, I you're like, oh my god, it's been two months. Get back in the game. You can find a new love. We've talked about this, <laughs> me, you, and Mike. And I'm like gonna be if anything ever happens to Bill, I'm gonna be the widow, like wearing black and grieving and mourning for years. Well, you'll be like the Winchester wife. Um, so <sighs> I I. I, I definitely liked the movie, so I, I don't want to sound like I didn't like it. Um, I was – I'm trying to remember what I was doing. I was definitely multitasking more than I normally do during an episode. I was taking notes, but I think taking notes was distracting me more than it normally does. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if maybe I wasn't watching the screen enough, but I was definitely – I was listening the whole time, and I was taking notes of all like major events. Um, I love Tom Hanks in this movie. I found him to be so funny. Um, there were multiple bi- like bits that had me laughing really hard. I also I I also thought uh, Bill Pullman's character of Walter, his introduction is pretty funny because he's allergic to like everything. everything. And I was just like, is this real? Is this like happening? Strawberries. I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> um, what do you eat? <laughs> and but so I like so the movie starts pretty dark because we're at the funeral for tom hanks and his son jonah's uh mother and it it's you know it's pretty sad and we see them go back to the house and then we see him i mean we will this is the beginning of the movie though it's not a spoiler um i'm not jumping ahead right now i'm just saying like it's it starts really sad i would say and you see him struggling and he decides that he needs a change they're living in chicago and he moves to seattle um so i'm like okay well there's the seattle part I didn't know that they weren't going to be in Seattle the whole time. Like that was, I was kind of expecting. Oh, but I'm pretty sure. Fun fact. I have to tell you this. I've only been to Seattle one time. If I could move to Seattle and live in downtown Seattle, I would in a heartbeat. It's very expensive to live there. Um, There's the first restaurant that he eats in with his friend. I've eaten there like three or four times when we were in Seattle. I think Athenian or something delicious seafood and he lives i'm pretty sure on puget sound hmm. which is their like their coast like inlet. oh man 
That's... It's like right there. It's right. Like oh. he might live like across, but that's where everything is. That's where, you know, mm-hmm. they have their aquarium and they have Pike's Place Market, which they go to a few times in the film. So he's not like living in downtown Seattle, but he's like living in pretty much in the heart of Seattle. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, Corey, but uh, yes. the Fifty Shades movies are uh, yeah. apparently the books were fan fiction from Twilight. I'm walking away right now. I I didn't know that. I still don't know how the connection, except I'm not. No, I'm not kidding. They were fan fiction from Twilight somehow. I don't know how. Fan fiction is so weird anyways. But, so it's, do you know where Twilight is set? Is it in Seattle? It's in Washington. And, uh, but the, at least Fifty Shades Freed is set in Seattle. And they, they referenced the sound. And I didn't, I don't know Seattle, so I didn't know what that was, but you just said it. I was like, "Oh, that's a weird connection that I just have." And that might be pronounced Puget. I'm really bad at stuff like that. Mm. But what before we get into spoilers, um, I did enjoy the movie. I like Tom Hanks a lot. I didn't dislike Meg Ryan, but I also didn't find her funny. I, uh, I found him like so human, and mm. having the kid element too. Just that's why I can't believe you didn't tear up. I was just like, ugh, right through the heart. I don't know the kid. The kid wasn't a bad actor or anything. Like, cause a kid actor like that, he had he had to carry a lot of this movie. Um, cause so much like you, you're basically saying the emotional weight kind of falls to him. He's navigating things. I just never found it. Um, He's the only one that's dealing with it. You yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, but Hank's <clears throat> character starts trying, and I found a lot of like him. Going back to the dating scene, you know, I guess now's a good time to go spoilers. So, Corey enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, not sure who enjoyed it more. We'll find out at the end of this review. Um, but hey, might change up by the end what yep. we think. Um, Corey. So, guys, we're going to talk about Sleepless in Seattle, which is 25 years old and pretty pretty in depth. So, if you don't want to hear spoilers, you can go and check it out. You can just buy it. I feel like it's worth it, and then come back and give us a listen. And I did do that. I bought it um, digital Thank you. on VOD. And it is one of those things where I recommend, um, though, it is not available on streaming for free anywhere right now. Although I'm sure because it's Valentine's Day um, that you can probably find this on sale somewhere. And uh, that's why I got it on sale on Vudu. Um, I'm sure it's on sale at other places, probably even physical copies at Walmart or Target. They have those oh, yeah. special edition like uh, box sets. Even one of the WalMarts near me had a, uh, a like a Fifty Shades themed wall. So all these different DVDs had um, Fifty Shades like inspired box art. So they were like shadowed out, and like some of the movies weren't even like romances. So it was really fun. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't think of any of the covers right now, but they were like, some of them looked really cool. Oh, Snow White and the Huntsman was on the list. And I was like, that's not a romance. What the crap is this? Um, but it's like blacked out to be more dramatic, like the Fifty Shades covers. Yeah. Um, and I think you get like $5 off your Fifty Shades ticket, which you shouldn't use because it's awful. But <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I, I, I didn't connect in a, in a, emotional way with the kid like again i don't think the kid did a bad job um i just was like okay yeah i mean it's tough that he lost his mom for sure but you know he calls the radio show and says my dad needs a wife it's like a it's like a love line or a delilah type of radio show um dr Marsha, and um this probably one of my favorite scenes with um, Meg Ryan. And I mean, a lot of the movie is set up pretty good. Like there's uh, she's talking to her mom 
about the wedding and the mom says, you know, it was magic. So I knew that. I Here's what I think is really weird. Um, they're going home. They're going to her home for Christmas Eve and they're engaged. So I feel like they have kind of a, you know, they kind of have a history. I would, I would figure probably at least eight months to a year. And this is the first time that her family's meeting him. I think that's weird. And he proposes like before that, right? Like, so he hasn't even met the family and he's, they're engaged, which is not, I mean, I guess it's not uncommon, but it's not traditional either. You know? I feel like you should know what you're marrying into. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if you're in Fifty Shades, uh, oh, apparently you don't have to ask important questions about, like, you know, how do you feel about children and things like that until after you're married. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I, um, I'm i trying to – man, I took a lot of notes, and I'm looking at my notes like, these are all garbage notes. Like, I don't have anything, I, like, specific that I really want to bring up I, looking at these. I love the okay. So when he calls, well, he doesn't call in. When his son calls into the, I took zero notes. When uh, his son calls in and he gets like wrangled into doing this, like, you know, radio broadcast, whatever, mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, and she's like, "Well, what do you love so much about your wife?" And he loves her so much that it was just like everything that she did. He was like, "It was a million small things that she did," um, you know. And I, so I teared up too when he's talking about how much he loved her and they show they like I don't even know what part of the movie this is but they like show them at I think it's is it the Wrigley Stadium that's in Chicago uh yes Wrigley Field perfect go me um and it just shows her like turning around and smiling and how she made 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 life so awesome and then his son says at another point in the movie that I'm forgetting what she I'm forgetting her because he was only like six and a half or you know so when she passed away and now here he is he's eight and he what does he tell his son about about how she could peel an apple and make it one long curly q thing I mean which you got why that was important yeah because later on it shows her doing the same exact thing we saw her do it before he says that um he had seen her don't remember that but um she was listening to the radio and she was peeling an apple Oh, oh, I just rem- – hold on because I remember her sitting at the table in her kitchen and she's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- that was a- that, that was, was after before. he said it? No, it was Oh, before. it was before? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay because I remembered her doing it but for some reason I thought it was after. See, I remember him saying it because I was like, oh, and she was doing that earlier. So that's the only reason why I know it was first um, mm-hmm. because I, like when he said it, I was like, oh, and we saw her doing that already. So like we know she's perfect for him but he doesn't even know who she is. Um, which that was the biggest surprise to me because I totally expected this to be um, a will they won't they story and it is but they don't know that it is because he doesn't even know that she's trying to get to him in the sense like he knows about Anna or Annie sorry he knows Annie exists because of a letter that Rosie O'Donnell sent um, that she she wrote but Rosie O'Donnell sent to him um, and you know, he was rightfully cautious because she definitely, as like sweet as it ends up being, she is stalking him. She hires a private detective. It's uh, creepy. Yeah. And I didn't realize that – I did not realize until she said it that that person had been hired by her. Oh, we see her typing out a fax. Holy shit. How did I miss that? Yeah, there's a whole thing where she's typing because a fax on the computer. Yeah, we. it's okay. Um, And, yeah, she – um. She sends, uh, like, uh, this p- private detective after him. Um, now, I don't know what her job is because she does that at work. So I don't know if, like, it's part of her, 
Like she's she's some type of journalist. I thought she was a columnist or something. Yeah, like a... they never really say. They just like she's she mentions the radio phone call to her bosses and they say you should write a piece on that and that's kind of the gist of her. It doesn't look like she ever works because like nothing ever. I want is, that like, job. Done. But apparently that's her job. Um, but yeah, the um, you know it was different than what I was expecting because I was expecting them yes. to, like, not to be together and then you know. I... I honestly thought it was going to be more of a romance. I mean, I know that this is a romantic comedy, but I guess like a, more of a courting type thing. I don't yes. know how to explain it. No, that's I didn't exactly what it, I expected. To, um, to be so long distance or here's just a letter I'm dropping in the mail. Oh, hey, I'm outside your house watching you play with your kid on the sand or out on the beach. Um, I just expected it to be more of them like building a relationship. But I love that or, he sees her in the airport. And he's and he... clearly drawn to her, right? Like, yes, instant like love at first sight type of thing where he tries to follow her but loses her, and she doesn't see him, or I don't. I don't think she knew who he was yet at that I, point. Yeah. Um, and then he, uh, when they see each other later, like across the street, and I think he says hi to her or something. Like, there's that he's clearly like, who is this woman? He's taken by her immediately. Doesn't find out though till the end of the movie, which. Again, I wasn't expecting. And the courting part of this is with the the wrong woman, where he's just trying to make something. <sighs> work. Um, yeah, and her fake laugh. Oh my! Oh gosh. my god, her laugh was like fingers on a chalkboard. Which I love how oh, the kid, you know, tries hi, to work yeah. that. Like how he he calls the oh. radio lady back. Like this is the wrong woman, and now she's not helping because he's like, no, no, you're just being a little jerk. You know, like stop. And the dad kind of the Hank says that too, essentially, like you're being a little jerk, Jonas. Stop this. You know, it's relationships aren't sparks. They're not all perfect. You're gonna have to learn. And I think that that I didn't even think I didn't even remember that that he he went from having a relationship like that with his wife where it was magic, and he says that, and now he's kind of okay with settling and saying things like that and here she is in this relationship that's not magic and i don't really know why they're getting married really and then this is how she's starting to feel that it needs to be you know they're both really switching how their expectations i guess yeah and he says um something along the lines like you can't find it twice you know like there's no way you get that like i got lucky once that i found this perfect person it's not going to happen again and so that is why he's settling because – and, you know, I mean, it's hard to argue with that logic because especially if you do believe in, like, soulmates or something and you found your soulmate and then they're taken from you early, why would you think you could find another one? Like, that that defies what the idea of a soulmate is, right? Like, there's one person for everybody. Um, and this movie definitely kind of, like, indirectly questions that because – the connection he has with Annie is so real. Even when they're she's listening to the phone call for the first time, the first radio phone call, um, she is like matching his words. You know, like she's they're they're clicking long distance. You know, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's de- I definitely see why this movie has held up for so long as like a staple of the rom com genre. It, it's very romantic Can in I- a, not a sappy way, though. To me, like it's. It's a it's no. a fun romance, like because you really are kind of it's almost suspenseful. Like, are they gonna meet? Like, they have to, right? Like, of course they're going to because if what kind of movie would this be? But I need to say something. Mm-hmm. So this is I don't watch these types of movies normally, 
this is way not, you know what I mean? So I'm just thinking with the two movies that we've watched now, I think that I found a trope of rom-coms. Oh, sure. Are you ready? Yeah. This is going to be scholarly 0%. Okay. Um, I noticed in um, Moonstruck Mm -hmm. and in, I keep wanting to call it Moonlight and that is not the right movie. Definitely not. I loved Moonlight. I loved it. Um, and with this movie, so in Moon Moonstruck, she is in this relationship she doesn't want to be in anymore. She's falling in love with someone else, but she doesn't want to feel bad about it. And then it's kind of solved for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in this one, again, we see kind of the same exact play thing. She's in... I don't know what the real, the restaurant is, but she's looking across at the Empire State Building, and she's telling Walter, and I'm jumping way far ahead, and then Walter is the most understanding person ever, which I don't think really exists, and again, she's, like, let out, like, guilt-free mm-hmm. to go, like, pursue this other person. Yeah. Uh, That's two for two, and I'm not wording this very well. That is interesting. Um I don't know. I, I can't think of other. I've seen a lot of rom coms. I don't know that I've seen what people would call like the, because I think some rom coms are heavy on the romance and others are heavy on the comedy. I've definitely <laughs> leaned heavy on the comedy in the other ones that I've seen. Like the proposal, there's romance there, but it's heavy on the comedy. It's very reliant on the humor in that film. Um, I just realized something interesting. Um, by the way, uh, no, 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 I'm not going to go tangents right now. Um, Please do. Well, no, because it, it's it's going back to the Fifty Shades experience in the trailer. There's this old lady. Okay, I guess I'm going to go on the tangent. There's this new movie coming out where it's like five old ladies, um, and I can't. They're they're big name actresses, um, and none of them are coming to my Jane Fonda, um, Candace Bergen, Marion. You know, like um, she's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, she was Murphy Brown. I can't think of if I'm saying. Oh yeah, I think that that's Candace Bergen. Yeah, and then. Um, What's why can't I think of her name? The the my God the mom and Elf, um she's the mom in the proposal. I she's uh in Back to the Future three. Why can't I think of her name? Oh my God, it's gonna drive me insane. Um, I'm gonna oh. have to look it up. But oh, Mary Steenburgen. Yes, and uh, there's like two other older actresses, and they're in like a book club, and they start reading the freaking Fifty Shades book. So these movies are over, but now there's a movie about women reading the books and then wanting to like get a second chance at love kind of thing at their their ripe old age kind of thing. And I don't even remember what the movie was called, but um in in that movie, uh there's a scene in the trailer where uh Mary Steenburgen is with um gosh darn it, coach. Why am I I'm like not remembering names today. Um it's called oh the book the movie's called Book Club. Uh they did not kill themselves on that title. Alicia Silverstone's in that movie. Um what the heck is Coach's name? Ah, Craig T. Nelson. Um, in The Proposal, they're married, Mary Seenbergen and Craig T. Nelson. And in this movie, they go on a date, and uh, apparently she slips him a Viagra, and it's a pretty funny little scene in the trailer, I have to admit. Oh, Richard Dreyfus is going to be in this movie? What is happening? Andy Garcia? Um, but, yeah. So, anyways, um, that's happening, a movie about women reading the Fifty Shades books and wanting to get all frisky. Uh, so... Anywho, um, I do I do like rom coms, and I don't know if that is a constant trope. Where, you know, in the proposal, just because I keep bringing this one up, this is one I've seen many many times with my wife. Um, the ex, 
does it the ex is it's not he's not in a relationship but there is like an ex-girlfriend character who's around because they go to visit his parents and so there is this kind of awkward tension like will he want to go back with his ex kind of thing and the ex is very kind and not trying to seal her man back and then um my wife's like one of her all-time favorite films is sweet home alabama i've seen that movie i can't tell you how many times because my wife loves it and that's reese witherspoon and she goes back to her home. Um, she's moved away from Alabama to try to pretend like she's not from Alabama. She's, like, now a fashion designer in New York. And so she gets proposed to by, like, a potential mayor of New York or senator or something like that um, and has to go back home, not only to, like, he's going to come meet the parents, but she is still married to, like, her high school sweetheart. And so she has to get the divorce, like, taken care of so she can marry her new person. And so there's still that kind of, like, is the... In fact, there's a, a scene where a character does do exactly what you're saying. So, yeah, I think that is a common trope. Like, somebody has a moment of clarity that... I feel so smart right now. This is the wrong... Like, I am not going to stand in the way of true love. I am not going to stand in in the way of and stop two people <laughs> who are meant to be together. I'm, like, standing there talking to Bill about it, and I'm, like, talking about it being a trope, and he's like... No, I think that and he's like telling me, I think that he's saying that it's mostly about the courting process. I don't know. But and oh. he's like, I'm talking about how Walter is so understanding this movie. And he's like, pretty much telling me there are totally people like that. He's like, why wouldn't there be people like that? And I'm like, because people are because... selfish, right? Like, that's... Yes, I would. I mean, I would be hurt. I'm yeah. taking communication class right now in interpersonal relationships. So I'm really trying to work on that. <laughs> but, you know, like. How can you react so calmly and so collected and just say all the perfect things like right in the moment Mm -hmm. when someone's dumping you and handing you back a ring and you guys are in New York, you just did your wedding registry and you're having a, you know, a date in a beautiful restaurant and it's Valentine's Day. How are you going to be like, okay, bye. I mean, they were living together. Yeah. And he he could not have been nicer about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I mean. Uh, in Moonstruck, it's not as he's still cool with it, but it his reason he he stops it before he knows he's helping. Yes, him. so it is different, but Word. it's still a character who I feel like it's this interaction the women... where the, the woman's free to do the things she wants to do, or it could be the man. Yes. Um, it's just I think in both of these movies, it is the woman. Um, and that could this is these are. Which is interesting because this Moonstruck is very much centric on Cher. It is her story. This is Tom Hanks's story, but it's also Meg Ryan's story. They're they're because they are happening apart from each other. They're just uh, slowly interwoven throughout the film. Um, you know, she gets the little first inkling that his his story exists and that she's drawn to it and she's compelled by it. And there's all these hints of magic and like having that spark where it's just instantaneous. And so Jonah runs away from home because he is convinced Anna is the woman. And so he, with with his, I guess his girlfriend, which that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, by the way, them sitting in the chair or sitting to Beatles albums. Yes. Um, and <laughs> um, that and my, the scene I think I laughed at the most was when Tom Hanks was really mad at Jonah and he's like recounting his sexual partners in college. He's like, with six women, seven, 
and then he like realizes eight, and he's just like he's so like, he's, and he's like naming them. This. How long have you been standing there? Yeah, the whole time. And that's when he says eight, though. After he like, how long have you been standing there? Eight. He just <laughs> they crack me up. I liked the. I kind of. I really liked their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I. Uh, I don't know. I love when kids aren't treated like kids. Like, yeah. I don't think you should be, like, your kid's best friend and they shouldn't ever be whatever. But I hate when people treat kids like they're dumb or that they can't handle. Like, obviously, they can't handle everything. But being honest, I guess. And I, are you going to have sex with her while they're brushing their teeth? Yes, I was about to mention that scene. And then he's like, is she going to scratch your back? And he's just like, what are you talking about? It's like and on cable, the girls are always scratching the men's backs. He's like, he's, he's so calm about it. He's like, how do you know this? Jed's got cable. And, it's like... and I, so when I was growing up, uh, one of my sister's favorite movies was Now and Then, which. Was that Christina Ricci? I, yes. But I'm pretty, I want to say her name is Gabby Hoff. Man, I could be wrong. But anyways, I'm pretty sure that his uh, Jonah's girlfriend in the movie, I'm pretty sure that's that actress. Oh, okay. okay. It's like I think she grows up to be I'm forgetting who else in the movie. But anyway, I'm pretty sure. So I was like, oh cool. Hmm. Well yeah, because she has an important scene. She helps him buy the plane ticket and then she Which, reveals where know, he is. I know it's nineteen ninety three and I know they lied about him being twelve, but still just some random kid. Getting on an airplane by yeah, themselves? I don't think that's possible. Although, to be fair, I'm pretty sure Home Alone 2 came out like the same year. And Kevin accidentally ends up on the plane by himself. Although they do think his dad's on the plane. Um, still. Um, anyways, uh, he gets to New York. He gets somehow is able to get to the Empire State Building without being mugged or anything. Goes up to the tower because that's where she's supposed to meet. And she doesn't show up and it's really heartbreaking. Like, poor Jonah. He's up there for hours, and I knew, I need to tell you, I knew he left his backpack up there. I knew he left something, and he was going to have to go back, because I'm like, he's not carrying something, and the movie is not going to end like this. They're going to have to go back. Yeah, I knew, I I was convinced they were going to meet, because otherwise no one would love this movie, right? Like, this would not be the beloved, like, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks movie, because they also did You Got Mail together a few years later, which is, I think, similar, except I think they are interacting together throughout the movie, but I think the uh, the similar element is they're having like an online relationship with each other, not realizing it's each other. Is I believe what you got mail's premise is like they're emailing back and forth, not knowing it's them, but they are like friends or acquaintances or something in real life. And I think that's how it plays out. I could be completely wrong, just like I was wrong with this movie because I totally didn't know she was going to be like on the east coast and he was going to be on the west coast. Like I had no idea that's how this movie was going to play out. Also, about now and then, sorry, that movie also has um, Rosie O'Donnell in it oh, and Rita Wilson. Oh, there's two connections. Is there it a Nora Ephron movie? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so uh, I, I like the Empire State Building. Like, So she goes up. No one's there. They walk back out. And when he sees that it's her, one, he doesn't seem to – he seems to be okay with her stalking him earlier in the movie. Um which I'm still kind of on the fence about. And they... well, but did he know that she was stalking him? Well, she was I mean, in Seattle, and she wrote yeah. the letter, right? Like she wrote this letter. I and so, don't I mean, think he was thinking clearly. Maybe not. But you think later he's like, wait a minute. 
Hold on. Oh my god, I need to bring up something else funny, but go ahead with your what you're saying. I I love that he can't take his eyes off of her. Like he he takes her hand and he walks through the elevator and he is just staring at her like the whole time. And not in like a creepy, like ogling sort of way. He's looking at her face. In shock, he's clearly in awe that this is the woman um, that his son was right, I think, to a degree, too. Like, that, I am so glad you made us come here because this. I, the second he saw her in the airport, he clearly was fascinated with her and wanted to talk to her. And here she is, wanting to talk to him. And I, we're definitely led to believe this is going to be happily ever after. Like, they're going to get married. She's going to raise Jonah. They're going to have other kids. And then Jonah will regret this. But at the moment, he's happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the I like when they pull back and it's the um the the Empire State Building has the heart on it and it's it's it becomes like the animated like you know skyscraper skyline and it's it's a really cool way to end the movie. Um, it it ends very sweet and endearing and I'm you know I love Tom Hanks in this film. I you know I I don't know that I've seen a film where I don't love Tom Hanks, but I really really enjoyed him in this particular movie. So, um, I want to go back a little bit because I'm glad that Jonah says it twice because at first I'm like, what? And then he says it again. And I'm like, I'm not hearing things. Even though I had my subtitles on, he called that woman a hoe. He sure (laughs) did. He's like, he's dating a hoe. And then I'm like, what? (laughs) I laughed so hard. I laughed a lot at this movie, even though it did make me tear up. There was a lot of funny parts. Um, I do think uh, most of the comedy comes from Hanks and Jonah. Uh, a little bit of comedy comes from Bill Pullman's character just because of his allergies. Um, and not to say Meg Ryan isn't funny, but I don't and I don't think her character is supposed to be um, necessarily funny. She does like some stuff that to me is a little more annoying than funny, like um, hiding in the clo- in the, the closet because she's listening to the radio phone call and all that. Um it's not that it wasn't – I didn't laugh. I just didn't find it as funny as Tom Hanks. I did like Meg Ryan in this movie, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like I didn't enjoy her. I liked her character. I just don't feel like that's where the comedy was in this. this that was more where the – She the was rom. the rom. Yeah, yeah. She was the rom to Tom Hanks' <laughs> com. Um, yeah, and, and they they call her a hoe again, by the way, at some point. Oh, I can't God, remember. I, don't... I think Hanks might have said she is a hoe or something. like. I, I think there's another line where the word hoe is used um, – it may have even been Meg Ryan's character because he Jonah calls her a hoe on the radio, right? So, um, everyone heard it. Yeah, everyone heard it. So, oh. yeah. Um, and Rosie O'Donnell was barely in this, but she is like Meg Ryan's coworker and I think best friend. Um, Which I think is weird. How come? Sorry, I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, some I like some. Of, I work with a lot of people too, but I felt like they were always together. Ah, well. She knew the, this big secret, so that might have been why, you know, like, Word. I don't think they were, it di- I didn't get the vibe they were really good friends before. It was okay. more like she was like, you are my confidant that this is a thing. Like, well, I, I need they someone were, like, to talk to. Hanging out and, like, obsessively watching movies or something. There was a, a, a few patterns of them watching, like, old love movies. Uh, I don't, I didn't, I actually hadn't seen the movie, so I don't even remember what movie it was that she was obsessing over. Um... I don't know. I I think it was a real movie, but it may not have been. Maybe it was just something for this. But um, yeah, and I I don't know. I didn't get the vibe that they had always done that. But I could totally be wrong because again, I was taking notes and I was doing. I can't remember what else I was doing, but I was doing something else 
for a few minutes, and it definitely distracted me from a, a few little things, which is not usually how I do movie club movies. I don't remember what was making me uh, like not give 100% of my attention, but Wednesday was a fairly busy evening, um, and so I was just trying to fit everything in. I think I was getting ready to record the podcast with Craig, so I was like trying to get stuff ready for that while knocking the movie out because I, cause I didn't watch a movie on Tuesday, so it really threw me off for the week. But um, I don't have anything else to say other than uh, giving our final rating. I'm ready. So, I'll go first. Go for it. Not quite golden pony boy. I, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Um, I would also I I'm unusual. I'm kind of leaning towards decent watch, not quite golden, and it's it's because like it is a sweet love story, but I don't think it's the best love story. Like I I think it, it's the idea. Of, well, it's no Twilight. Well, no. I mean, what is? <laughs> Who can live up to sparkly vampires? But um, it is a, it is a very good movie for sure. It's way better than I would have, I think, given it credit um, and why I hadn't seen it because I always kind of like shrugged it off. A lot of people would enjoy it. Yeah, I think because Tom Hanks, he's just so yeah. likable. Charming. Um, and yeah, and this is, um, you know, I, I enjoyed Meg Ryan. Um I do think the whole we didn't really mention a lot of it, but the Tom Hanks like trying to figure out how to like date again, like him talking to his friends and like realizing like I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and oh, I love that. I thought that was so funny, and I thought it was really funny to see a sign of the times. Like, well, you don't pay for the whole date. <laughs> like yeah. you go Dutch and all these different things. He's like, I don't think I can let a woman pay for for dinner, and like, um, yeah, just little things like that. And there was something else. Um, he confuses something as like a sex act, but I can't remember what it was. He, cause the guy says something like, how do I do that? And he's like, Oh, it'll, you'll be fine. Like he doesn't clarify, but Oh, I didn't realize this. Interesting. Yeah. So Corey, um, we, yeah. you're going not quite golden. I'm going to, I'm going to just go with you and say not quite golden, uh, leaning towards decent watch. Like I, I can I easily like... see it slipping backwards for some viewers. I could see. I feel it's more between those two than that, and like must see film. Yes, it's definitely not a, um, a one that you have to see, unless I guess if you are a like rom coms are your favorite type of movie, I'd say this is one you should probably see because it's it's a little different. It's not like a lot of the other ones because you're the two characters you're the most invested in aren't together till the end of the movie. Like they don't really meet. Like there's a few close calls. But they don't really interact until the end of the film, and that's kind of unique. That's not how rom-coms usually go. Um, they're usually something keeping them apart, but it's like maybe like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something. Not not distance, not Seattle to Baltimore. So that leads us to next week's episode. We still have two more rom-coms for the month of February. <laughs> and I didn't know this um, at all, but uh, Corey picked Larry Crown. Um, yeah. which is currently available on Netflix. <laughs> it's another, I'm just on a roll. It stars Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks and Julia Roberts, who I'm also a big fan of. Um, I'm looking to see if there's anybody else worth mentioning. Um, Randall Park, I know. No, not really. Um, okay. Oh, well, Rob Riggle shows up in this. He pops up in random stuff. Um, and it's, I didn't know this though. It's directed by Tom Hanks. Um, oh, it's also written by Tom Hanks and Nia Vardalos. Vardalos, not really sure. 
uh, has a 41 Metascore, but a 6.1 IMDb user score. It is available to stream on Netflix, or at least it was uh, when Corey picked this movie. I hope it still is. Um, and the plot summary says, after losing his job, a middle-aged man reinvents himself by going back to college. Um, luckily, it's just at the hour and 38 minutes. It is rated PG-13. And, um, yeah, hopefully, again, it's still on Netflix. That's how we'll be watching it. And that's what we'll be reviewing on our next episode. Um, anything to add to that, Corey? Nope. I hope you guys have a great week. Yes, indeed. Uh, listeners, um, please follow us on social media. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or at um, Twitter. And even now on Snapchat, uh, Burke Reviews. And, I've noticed you've been being more active on there. Yes, although I am not using it as a personal thing as much as I am just using it to promote uh, Burke Reviews. So um, I realized the the youth, Corey, the youth, they don't listen. Yeah, what... They don't use the Twitters anymore. It's all about the snaps. So uh, <laughs> I, I feel old just pretending to be old there. Um, made my oh, throat geez. dry. Uh, Corey, where can people follow you? At Corey R. Star. Two hours on the end. And you can uh, check out our reviews on BurkeReviews.com. Listen to our other podcast that is all part of the same subscription. So if you have Burke Reviews podcast, you get both Top 5 Movies and Movie Club, uh, two podcasts a week usually. Um, although Top 5, we are doing our official episodes every other week. And then we're so far been lucky. We have interview episodes scheduled on the off weeks um, for every once so far until like the middle of March. So, um, Oh, heck. Yep, and... I will be going to South by Southwest in March, and I think I'm going to end up with a few. I don't know if I'm going to get to do top five style interviews, but I think I'm going to be interviewing a few different people. Um, I've been getting some emails today from some publicists out there uh, hyping up some of their movies. Nothing super big just yet, but I, I you know, I'm hoping. Um, of the last thing, and and it's a quick thing, and you have already heard an ad uh, in the middle of this episode about our Patreon and our uh, the option to donate directly to us uh, via PayPal. Um, both of those things are on BurkeReviews.com. If you go to our website uh, and you see the Patreon link in the main navigation and on the right side of the page is a donate button. You, those are two ways you can give to the show. Patreon is a monthly subscription uh, where you get benefits for doing so, um, for paying a certain amount. And then the donation button, you can give any amount and you will be thanked on on one of the episodes of the podcast, the first recording after your donation. Um Anything helps. We appreciate the uh, the thought and the support. Uh, and for you listening to what we do, please share and rate and review our podcast to help people find us. And until next time, keep watching movies, everybody. Corey, have a good evening. Thanks. You too. Bye, guys. Peace, everybody. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.